Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Other Minds and Hands. My name is Corey Olson, joined as always by my co-host Maggie Park. Uh, and today um, we are going to be discussing uh, uh, several things. We have uh, we got a bunch of stuff going on. We've not been able to do a, a show for a few weeks now, and uh, so we've got a bunch of things. I we woke up to a new trailer, uh, or as I've been calling it, the meta teaser. Uh, because it's a teaser video, which at the end proves itself teaser, to be a teaser, teaser video for another teaser, which is coming out at a later time. Um, so it's a meta teaser, um, but it's kind of fun. So we're um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look at that. Of course, that just dropped today, so uh, now seems a good time to talk about that. Um, we're, and then we're gonna have some special guests later on. We're gonna be joined by uh, several awesome folks uh, from TikTok, from the the, the Tolkien world uh, in TikTok, which has been a new thing that I've been recently exposed to, and uh, looking forward they kind to. Of dragged us in willingly didn't they? yeah exactly exactly uh he's uh we'll introduce you to the folks who convinced me and not only convinced me but helped me like they were helping their grandpa uh set up a tiktok account so um anyway we're gonna but, yeah and so, still helped us they asked me today like about some streaming thing and i was like can you tag us <laughs> that's right how, how does this work yeah <laughs> we don't really know yeah exactly exactly so they'll join so, us uh, the end of this hour. Yeah, exactly. So here's what we're going to do. So we're going to let's watch through the trailer. It's a minute long. Um, I've got it here on my desktop and then we'll um, uh, we'll see. So first of all, the uh, the lettering. Right. Mm. What do you what do you make of this? Uh, it's looking to me like artifacts from like stone, like. Yeah like a ruin is kind of what it's looking like. Um, it looks like trailing ivy or something like it might be made in, 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 in a detail on a stone carving. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen this. I oh, see. I almost wonder detailing if it's before. the lighting of my screen too, because I uh, thought it was like a tarnished silver. It might be, yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, uh, the upper ones look a little bit more like stone to me. The bottom one, certainly, the swoop, uh, mm. looks more like uh, uh, looks more like metal. Uh, yeah, I'm not, mm. I'm not uh, sure exactly what they're going for there, but you know, some kind of carven artifact mm -hmm. is uh, what they're going for here, which is interesting. Okay, here we go. Let's watch it through, and we can. I assume we're. I'm assuming we're assuming people seen this before so we might make some commentary as we go through here we'll try to stay quiet for the first viewing and then talk about it well there's very little talk so yeah. that's okay are strange. in fact i think that's it okay so we've got the we've got the through line of the meteor gilgalad we've got galadriel on the swan ship with the seabirds it's a gorgeous scene Okay, right, we've got Prince Durin, right, Celebrimbor and Elrond, Arondir, whose name I will attempt to remember. That's Arondir again. This is probably Tarmiriel. Ents! Totally Ents. And then, boom. Oh, yeah. 
And there's the teaser for which we are being teased. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. So this is on, for those of you who haven't seen this yet, this is on Prime Video. Um, so they did not drop this on their YouTube page. Um, but um, let me, um, let me see. I love QuickTime where I can kind of do very slow frame by frame advances and uh, get things. So we start off. Um, okay, hang on. Do you want to do your overview first and I'll do commentary as we go? Sure, yeah, because I don't have a ton. So I just love, like, let's just do first impressions and then we can kind of okay. dig through. All right. Filmically, I just, I think it's beautiful. This was the it's... first thing to come from them that I got genuinely fangirl excited about. And, right. you know, the building, the music, the tension, the through line of that fireball is just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You just, you get yeah. wrapped up in it. And then, yeah. you know, second and third view, you start asking questions like, well, what's that? What's that? What's that? Was that an end child? Is that a small? <laughs> <laughs> right. So right. many things I started getting excited about. Visually and filmically, I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, we, you know, have that comet traveling from left to right. There's definitely a play with colors and light, but it's very short it's very quick no frame mm -hmm. is held longer than three seconds except for the line because they have words to say so that's about five right. seconds so most right. of them are two to three seconds long so it's very quick um and the purpose of that is just kind of move us along it's a teaser of a teaser they do show all the different worlds they cover all the major characters that we're going to be introduced to a couple mm -hmm. of new faces in there that we yes. haven't really seen yet so that was exciting um i did notice camera wise there was only one shot that pulled back every hmm. single shot went in. in interesting yeah and the only one that pulled back was the one of the elven tree with the lanterns going up um uh, i'm not sure okay. of the significance of that but yeah it's the only one that that we zoomed out um so yeah i don't know if we can figure out some meaning in there but yeah it's interesting it's interesting so the um so filmically, I mean, it, I don't, don't think it tells us a lot in terms of like visual storytelling, but what it does show us, I think, is really excellent. And it's just that pace. I mean, this is clearly just to get us engaged and to get us excited and to show us a boatload of stuff because it's a teaser of a teaser. Well, and it's interesting to me because I couldn't help but think about um, what the showrunners told us about season one, right? When we were talking mm -hmm. about season one, and they were talking about how season one is designed to kind of ground us in the world, get us invested in what's happening and, you know, introduce us to all the characters, get us uh, and, and help us to understand why, like, you know, bad stuff is going to happen. Like, you know, big traumatic events are going to happen. Um, why should we care? Right. Yeah, How, to make us care. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this trailer really reminded me of that as it, you know, uh, it gives us this sort of survey with the with the meteor as the through line. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody's looking up at this. So so, so and I, I love the way that that it connects everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody is concerned about this event. Right. Whatever it is. Uh, you know, of course, we still don't know. Um, but um but it helps us to show how everybody is connected. Everybody's looking up, right? And it also makes the world really small because we yes. know this is not a small world, but it's the same kind of idea. Like I remember when I was a little, little child and I moved cross country for my best friend and we we're like, look up at the moon. It's the same moon, you know? Right, cheap, right, right, right. But it was a kind of that idea of like, they're all all over Middle Earth and they're looking at the same thing and feeling the same sense of strangeness and otherness and just this kind of unifying thing against the other that is very powerful in that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that sense of unification, I think, is also a really important 
uh, effect of this. It doesn't just show us like a pastiche of like, here are the, you know, four or five different like worlds or kingdoms. Implicitly, all of them are bound together, right? They're all, you know, kind of shoulder to shoulder, all looking up at the sky, at, you know, at that thing yeah. that's happening. Yeah. And nobody's um, looking at it and going, yes, I know what that is. Everyone's kind of like, what? Yes. Yes. It's a confusing thing to everybody. Um, yeah. So... I like the way that we, so we start from what is just a, a shot of purely desolate wilderness. We get very few cues as to where this, exactly this could be, right? But we start with, you know, the mist, uh, you know, sort of coming through the mist, fading into this, king- and then we get this other brief shot of a very rugged looking kingdom, but now we've got buildings, right? Um, and my under- based on what we've been told, this is in Harad that we're seeing. We're, we're seeing a place in Harad here, uh, this tower. Um, from the look of the construction, if you look at this wall, it looks like a ruin. Not the tower mm-hmm. itself, um, but this sort of curtain wall around the tower here on the base, it looks at the very least very worn. We're looking at a very old civilization, and that's really interesting. Um, think about really old civilization in the Second Age. Um, it really does suggest, if this is Harad, as has been reported, that um, what they are going to show us is sort of the roots of the old uh you know, kingdom, the culture of Harad, the pre-Sauron corruption um, uh, uh, culture of Harad. Um, and that's really interesting. Um, it is greener and more mountainous than I imagine Harad as well, praise, but I think that that's interesting because, uh, of course, Harad is enormous and presumably varied, right? Um, I mean, I, I, I do assume there are probably some, you know, desert regions uh, in Harad. We're sort of led to understand that, and I suppose that there will be. Um, but especially down in the coastal areas, there are certainly going to be greener bits and uh, also mountainous bits. So, um, yeah, um, I agree. Alex, that big mountain in the back, right, that looks like it might be a volcano or something is really interesting, right? Is this... Uh, um, could we actually be getting, I mean, I, I don't think this could be a mountain that we know, I wouldn't think. Um, that is, I wouldn't think this is like, you know, Mount Doom with the Ash Mountains in front of it or something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, it would be very, very northern Harad if that were the case, right? I wouldn't think so. Um, but, um, uh, but anyway, yeah, I, that is a very uh, intriguing mountain in the distance, uh, and I don't really... I don't really know. Um, yeah, JJ is pointing out that in Sam's Oliphant poem, uh, the poem mentions that trees crack as I pass. So presumably, uh, there must be greenery down in Harad as well, uh, or at least based on Hobbit tradition. Um, so that's true. That is true enough. Okay, but then we cut immediately from there to. I, I always want to. Like, I want this to continue. I want to see down into the valley, and I keep getting the brow of the uh, Brandyfoot instead here. But um, uh, you'll get that in the teaser. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so we have, and this is the edge of the book, right? So we're looking at him, looking at the book, and then we're going to see. We're going to flip around and see the book, right? Oh, the whole um, book thing I thought was really interesting because I would not yes. attach the book to the Harfoots. Mm-hmm. And to see, I mean, if you freeze on that image, it looks like there's star charts and it looks like you can see the man falling in the star chart. Yes. Yes. Right? It does look like a star chart. Um, and not just a star chart, not just like a, here's a constellation. It looks like, you know, 
like a calculation of the ecliptic, like that kind. Of, but like a, the third or fourth dot has arms and legs, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, so you like that's a so it's showing his. I I don't know. Is it showing? Or his... maybe a prophecy of the, a. Maybe <laughs> it's a promorphic comment. Comment. Stick figure, but. Yeah. No, that's it. Well, I mean, yeah, it's very. It's definitely different from the other, um, um, from the other stars, which are just little crosses. Um, interesting. Interesting. Um, but, um, but yeah, it looks to me. So again, look at the text that we have on the left hand side, right? Um, and the text itself looks vaguely pictographic. Um, and so I think you know, designed to be a very old, um, you know, a very old script. But I agree with you about being surprised about this kind of association of lore with, mm -hmm. um, with the Harfoots. Um, and that's a really interesting point. On the one hand, um, it's not totally out of care. I mean, of course, with the Harfoots, Obviously, to some extent, we can't help but think about modern hobbits, but we're way, way far removed from modern hobbits, right? We're like thousands of years removed from modern hobbits. So there's, we have to be very cautious simply projecting back onto the Harfoots our expectations from modern hobbits. But at the same time, um, there are some interesting connections as well. Like hobbits are bookish, com comparatively bookish people. Um, they like to have things written down fair and square, right? Especially family histories we know later on. Um, and we did have that picture from, was it Empire? Um, last with the scrolls? Time that, that, yeah, with the scrolls and the the, the desk. Yeah. You know, the, the cart that turned into like a roll-top desk. Yeah, like the traveling desk. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and uh, Storyteller, I agree. I like Sadok's accent too. Um, I think they're they're doing some some interesting work there. Um, it felt very like West Country, and um, I was actually talking to Dr. Gabriel Schenk, who's one of our um, faculty at Signum, um, and he was saying that that it feels very like tying it to the earth, that it makes it feel very uh, mm -hmm. familiar and and you know almost agricultural and and just that kind of comfy, cozy home comforts. I'm like, yeah, the West Country is a bit like that, just nice and cozy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, very, it was it was it was very interesting. I did like that a lot. Um, so I, I I hear um, somebody was saying it looks like yeah, curious. Gene was saying this. They look like constellations, and I agree. It's not that I don't agree with that, um, but the lines with the commentary. So you've got text, you've got lines, you've got that diagram up at the top, which I do not think is a constellation, um, because we don't see the crosses up there. The crosses are down on the right hand side, um, and. Uh, those lines um, that th those look to me like like you know like diagrams and 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 like notes like glosses and commentaries and explanations and things like that with a title across the top. Um, notice the way that there's the text on the curved line as well, which seems to be a label. Um, what it reminds me of, I'm thinking of old manuscript stuff. Um, uh, think of like medieval manuscripts when people have like the little scrolls coming out of their mouths, right? You know, to show like that's how they do. Um, that's how they'll either attach a name to somebody or they'll attach by having a little floaty scroll next to them. Or they'll actually like do showing dialogue essentially uh, by showing a little scroll coming out of their mouth. Um, 
the, the way that just like a little line of text will be kind of attached to things in order to explain like those 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 diagonal lines look like a kind of gloss on whatever this central character is here, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of explaining uh, this. And then these are notes, glosses that explain that. And then you've got a label that looks like a label for whatever this curved line is, um, which is supposed to be uh, kind of going through. So it looks to me like, I don't know if it's meant to be prophecy or if it's some kind of like, uh, you know, ex- like there's been there have been observations before right of you know there we're expecting something strange to happen in the heavens as a result of our explanations um i kind of love this uh, yes. i i love you this know, as a prop. that they're that they're depicting the harfoots not just as ignorant savages but as um as bookish, as literate, for one, which is intriguing because they needn't be, clearly. Like, from their lifestyle, it does not look like they need writing, but they have it. Um, where did they get it, writing, is a question that I want to know. Um, but then also, um, you know, that their wandering nomadic peoples can be very good um, observational astronomers, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah. yeah, this kind of thing... Um, is uh, and of course, like you know, people who are out uh, uh, traveling by the stars in a completely unlit environment are very likely to be very familiar with the stars and very likely to notice if something changes, right? If there's some kind of uh, astral phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, so <clears throat> I think that that's really interesting. I was, Brett, originally when I saw the original pictures, like the picture of uh, Sedok here holding the scroll, which we saw in the hands picture way back when, um, I was willing to think or suspect that there was a, a, like a found artifact thing there, but I don't believe that anymore. From the pictures we've seen, this looks like a literate culture. um, That there, you know, who knows, maybe maybe there is some kind of found element that helps to explain where their writing came from. Right. But I don't think, um, I don't, I do not think this is an unwritten, an unlettered culture that has found a book and is trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, increasingly the more, remember we saw that whole like bookcase of scrolls in there, you know? So I, I, these are, I think clearly theirs. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So I thought that was all, that was all very cool. And of course, notice the place that this has in the entire trailer, right? That is, yeah. Sadek's the only guy who talks, right? So he's the one that we get commentary on this. And his commentary is about, I like observe slash anticipate strangeness mm-hmm. in the skies, right? So, and attaching, yeah. And attaching that line to this imagery, to the connection, like the, the, yes. the through line of that, those three things put together. We see him, we see the book we hear the line it very much puts him as the authority figure right yeah i I believe him as the scholar of like he he knows what he's talking about this is strange right and he is the first one to look up Mm -hmm. to i mean he's the first person we get right but when he looks up here after saying the skies are strange now everyone's looking up. Everyone's following his gaze, basically, for the rest of this trailer, right? And that again, that, that's very interesting. Um, and now we get the meteor. Yeah. And the familiar Gilgalad picture. Looking very intense. Yes. 
very intensely following. Okay, now one of my favorite images. Okay, what I'm looking at, I'm looking at the star on the sh on the sail of the ship. That's. Does that look like an eight-pointed star to anybody? I think it does look like an eight-pointed star. And there's lesser stars around it, I think. Oh, it's so hard to see. Yeah, we don't we don't get back to it here. Just no. the swan ship with all of the seabirds. The birds well, are definitely not swans. It looks, it, looks, it looks like they're going to a baptism or something. Their dress is very, especially like when we get Goadriel here, right? Mm -hmm. um, this is very much not warlike Goadriel, right? Um, so we don't get Goadriel in her armor. This clean. could just be, yeah, clean, peaceful. Or innocent, yeah. Peaceful and or innocent. Surrounded by the birds. I think, um, well, I see, San Alicia, I think that the all white costuming here, it's, it's, it's clearly a thing. Like this is a, they've all dressed alike on purpose for this occasion, whatever this is. Um, and I don't know exactly what this is. Um, but I don't think this is just like, they're like, I, I I, Senalisha, I'm not accusing you of this, but again, I find people are so quick to want to find fault um, that they're not like willing to stop and think, like basically to say like, oh, I think the costumes are worse than you know the Peter Jackson costumes and stuff, without saying like, hang on, like we don't know the context of any of this yet. Um, and and I'm, a, I'm with Bookworm here. The, it's almost ceremonial looking. Yes, it does look ceremonial to me. Like yeah. they've clearly it all really, dressed. Really looks like they're together yeah. on this fancy boat on Stillwater and they're standing in like formation look day. you can see it from above yeah. if we go back yeah. look look and even the way look, the birds look are there. moving yeah the elves are even all standing in formation on the on the ship yeah yeah even though the birds are moving I was going to say is that it just feels like they knew something was going to happen and the animals feel it and the world is reacting and they're here to witness it it feels religious yeah it it's there is a kind of reverent feel for sure mm -hmm. to this um and i love the the way the kind of the contrast between all of the like the simplicity and straight lines of like the like the elves standing there in rows right or in columns i guess right mm -hmm. um and not moving right and then you get the motion of the birds right and the the, the circular swirl of the birds around them and it's all it's all whites right mm -hmm. um we don't know whether the sun is rising or setting. It looks like the sun is ahead of them, but we don't know which direction uh, it's going. Um, it's possible this is some kind of Valinor flashback. I'm... Myself, I'm inclined to imagine that the birds... I suspect the birds are a Numenor reference. Um because we're told specifically one of the things we're told in the description of the island of Numenor and please don't anybody tell me oh but they don't have rights to unfinished tales that's not how rights work like they get permission for all the stuff that they do to have rights to a work 
just means that you have the ability to tell the primary stories from that volume. Right. So they couldn't tell, for instance, the story of Aldarion and Arendis if they didn't have, they'd have to purchase rights to Unfinished Tales for that. That doesn't mean you can't make references to anything that's in that text. You just have to have permission for that. Like it has to be approved uh, for them to do that. And they got approval for all these things that they did. Um, anyway, okay. So uh, the birds, but like one of the iconic things about the island of Numenor is that it's surrounded by multitudes and multitudes of seabirds, which come and flock around the ships and follow the ships uh, as they go, sometimes following the ships all the way to Middle Earth. Um, so the way in which we seem to be getting, um, it looks like the birds are swirling around them, but maybe like descending on them, going before them. Mm -hmm. Um it looks like this looks like a so if I had to guess, I'm guessing these elves are sailing to Numenor um, and visiting Numenor, and they're, this is like their first sight. What we're seeing reflected in Galadriel's face here is her first sight of Numenor. I think is what we're is what we're is my guess as to what we're seeing, uh, and that they're being basically kind of welcomed by the birds. Uh, and you don't I, think it has anything to do with the, the comet? Meteor Man? I don't, actually. It's hmm. possible, but I don't. And the reason I don't is the sky is so different. If you look at the yeah. sky, both in the background of this scene, and we don't really the see the sky, but even the reflection again. of the sky we can see in the water here, right? There are mm -hmm. clouds, right? But it's look at that. I mean, it's all golden and uh, and everything, and then we get the, the, the darkness and grayness uh, with the light, mm -hmm. um, I think that the the transition there is just kind of a play, essentially, for mm -hmm. the trailer, because um, we track Galadriel's that. eyes up and then we're looking right at the comet again, right? Yeah. Um, but um, see, Calario, mm -hmm. I'm not sure I agree with you. I'm not sure I agree with you um, that it would be weird to wear a nightgown to visit a neighboring kingdom. It depends on what you're going for, right? What those what those robes that they're wearing are, it's is like simplicity, right? Um, and there could be lots of reasons. Again, it's clearly a deliberate choice, right? It's clearly a deliberate choice on their part. Um, as they say, we've got the, they're in these ceremonial lines. Um, I mean, it could be a holiday. To we don't know about and this is what you wear and they're going to explain that lore to us so I think it's right. really interesting but I hope there's an explanation and it's not just we ran out of you know linen so we went for this <laughs> yeah no exactly I just I that's the kind of thing that like it's going to have to be proven to me that they're just like being cheap and cutting corners like I see no reason to believe that they're being cheap and cutting corners, and 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 I, and I mean creatively cutting corners, right? Um, like that they're just being like, ah, oh, whatever, just put them in white. Like it doesn't matter. Like no, like they're thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, they're thinking about it. Um, I mean, like this is a this is a choice. This is a decision that they've made to put them in these simple things, and I could see that. Like, is there there could be a reason? Like, what that one option if you're going to Numenor, one option would be to appear in like you know gorgeous, you know your most gorgeous and extravagant attire. It is not to me obvious that that's the only way in which you would want to appear when you're going to Numenor. Who knows whom they're going to and why as well? You know. Mm -hmm. Um, but um. 
anyway, uh, so it's, I mean, it, it's intriguing. And of course, again, the point is, I don't know. It is like pilgrimage attire, Diomedia. That, that, that yeah. sounds like an interesting possibility. Also, remember the whole, as far as we know, the entire season is taking place within the lifetime of Arpharazon and the rule of Arpharazon. Arpharazon is king, I think, um, from the start of this show. Um, so there might be other reasons why you would not want to show up in your most gorgeous attire, uh, even if you were appearing to Arpharazon. There could be a number of different kind of political and or moral points that you wanted to make to Arpharazon uh, if you were uh, appearing to them. I don't know. Um, I've seen no evidence for Tar Palantir, um, Fruit Jew, um, uh, but um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I've seen no evidence of Tar Palantir. I'm still like a little bit kind of hoping to get Tar Palantir, like even on his deathbed um, at the end. Uh, as an introduction to Muriel's character, but um, but but we'll see. Um, yeah. So again, the thing that I'm totally not willing to do, or really just the thing that I sort of refuse to listen to, is people who look at this scene and say, "See, look, the costuming obviously sucks. Like they just they're like they're just, they're not even trying with the costuming. They're just putting them in these white sacks. Like, yeah, they've put them in white sacks, but but why? Like they they There's they." They have a reason. We, you might not end up liking it, uh, but but I know there's a reason, and I'll be interested to see what it is. Um, but um, uh, it's possible, Fabrizio, that it's... Um, um, oh, sorry, and Aaron is talking with that, too. Um, that there it could be a flashback thing. I don't, I, I don't believe in the crowning of Elros. I don't think Elros is going to... I'll be surprised if Elros appears. Um, I... Don't th I think we're clearly going to get a flash? I mean, we we might get multiple layers of flashback. We know we're getting a flashback to the first flashback to the first age, right? Um, are we going to get a flashback to the beginning of the second age? And you know, could this be that? You know, could they be attending the crowning of Elros or something like that? It's possible. It's possible. Um, but I'm not sure. I believe in that. Is all I'm saying. Um, but uh, okay, so. One thing that interests, yeah, interests me here is that the comet is going really far across the screen. Like we get the, mm. we don't just get like a little bit of the comet. We we keep getting, we get the sense of distance, right? Mm -hmm. Of like we keep every time we see it, it travels a whole big chunk. Now we've got uh, Durin looking up. I'm not convinced he's actually looking at the comet either, <laughs> um, right here. But again, that's just the, clever editing. The yeah. teaser creates this effect. It makes um, us the, feel that way, but yeah. Right. The look on his face does not look like I'm looking at a bizarre astronomical phenomenon to me. And the glow on his face makes it look like he's looking at a torch. Firelight. Yeah, the light. Exactly. The lighting doesn't match. Um, but in terms exactly. of telling the story, it, it helps yeah. us track that. Exactly. Comment. I love the way that they're they're bringing that. Like Goadriel looking up, Durin here mm -hmm. looking up. Mm -hmm. um, uh, do clearly put that all into the story. I apologize for the squeaks of my puppy under the desk here. Yes, I apologize. My puppy is making her presence known. Um, okay, now we have uh, who's that? Who's the long-haired one? This is Elrond and Gilgalad? Uh, it has to be. 
definitely that's definitely Elrond. Oh, so yeah, I said that's definitely Gilgalad. So yeah, it must okay. be Elrond and Gilgalad. Yeah, that's definitely so. This is Elrond and Gilgalad. Um, yeah, and there. So this is in Linden, and that's the only shot. That's the pull back, which I was like, hmm. oh, this one. Wait. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Uh, uh, actually, I keep going back and forth, so I'm losing who's going out and who's going in. Twenty-five seconds. Right. We're going out from this. That's interesting. Mm. That is interesting. Going out from Linden. Right. I mean, that's is... not an accident. The only thing, yeah. the only way it could be an accident is if they were editing this together to make sure they had that tracking shot. But that's not a tracking shot following eyes no. in the sky. So, like, yeah. it's really, I don't yeah. know, jarring to have something separate like that. Yeah. Now, here, this, I think, clearly is following the comet, right? Uh, the sky looks yeah. right. The lighting looks right. Um, they're all looking at the same thing. Interesting that we have so Elrond... Well choreographed. It was like a cat toy, right? Yeah, it really does look like a cat toy shot. Um, I... Um, I like how Elrond is in the foreground with Celebrimbor in the, in the background here. Celebrimbor only a little bit more prominent than the guards... Uh, behind, but Elrond is really the focal point, and I mm-hmm. think that's interesting. It's it's in a sense almost like a coincidence, like he's clearly less important than Celebrimbor, I think. Um, but the way that the shot the shot puts him in prominence, uh, which I think is really is really interesting. Um, yeah, mm. I'm watching the I, tracking because I think they're also watching it from the opposite direction. Everybody else, aren't they? Because there's a and they're going oh, they're watching it like it's going from right to left. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. They're also facing the other side of it. So that also shows distance, you know, because it just shows yeah. perspective is different. That. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Amarvan, I'm going to say a controversial thing. I totally do not miss and am not going to miss Hugo Weaving's Elrond. Um I have to admit, I did not love the casting of Hugo Weaving. I, li- I like him as an actor. I think he did an okay job, but I never loved Hugo Weaving's Elrond. Um, I just, I, I know that sounds like blasphemy to people who love the Peter Jackson films, but I, I never, I never liked that casting. I never really loved Hugo Weaving's Elrond at all. Um, so I am like aggressively interested in the new Elrond, actually. Um, uh, sorry, a little confession <laughs> there. I'm currently um, the camp of each their own, so I don't mind if you don't like Elrond. I'm glad yeah. you're open to this Elrond. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, TikTokers are joining us in a minute, so I don't know okay, if you want to yeah. ask them to hang on for a few minutes. All right, let's, well, let's, or... let's, let's move through here. Okay, so we've got Arendir and presumably yeah. Bronwyn there, mm-hmm. and then them kind of tentatively, her tentatively yeah. taking his hand. Nice. I like that little moment. This yeah. moment has a very, uh, yeah. This this moment has a very Faramir and Eowyn on the walls of Minas Tirith kind of vibe to it, of like watching something you know uncertain and possibly disastrous happening, and um, um, yeah. Praise exactly. Hugo Weaving never felt kind as summer. That's what I kept wanting. Kindest summer or kindest Christmas, depending on the edition of The Hobbit. Um, and I always had um, Hobbit Elrond too prominently in my mind. Um, but uh, uh, to, to enjoy, that is, Hugo Weaving's Elrond. 
I appreciate it in some ways, but okay. Um, this, I understand, is Arandir again, here on this tower, down here in Harad. And now I get to see into the valley a little bit, which is fun. I'm trying to decide whether I think that's a river or a canal. I think it's a river. But um, love this idea. We've got these rugged mountains and we've got this land here between the mountains. And I think perhaps the sea off to the left there, like beyond through the tower. I think we're I think we get a little ocean over there. Um, but um, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, here's the big reveal of a new character. New character. Which I think is Tarmiriel. Which I, I, I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, good reveal of her. Yeah. And then I love this next shot of the comet too. It's speeding up. It's getting lower. It's it's getting a lot more threatening. Yes, all the way across the sky, and mm-hmm. then of course the ends. And uh, yeah, um, that really looks like an ending, doesn't it? Right. I didn't uh, notice that. That was my husband. So fair credit to him. I was like, no, no. <laughs> I think it's. I yeah. I think it's a baby ant because we've got yeah. clearly clearly entish motion framing these. You know, here, like on the on the edges, right? And then it was um, like a reaching up of a child's hand, right? Like, yeah, what's that, mommy? Yeah, so sweet. Uh, absolutely. Um, it could be. Well, the two ants, the full two full-grown ants, look a little. Um, uh, they look a little similar, so I don't think that's an ant and an ant wife. Um, but oh man so good I love the ants Mm -hmm. I I love everything we've seen of the ants so far really excited to get some ant some entish involvement and I'm wondering where they are the reason I'm not sure if we're seeing an ant wife is that well I don't know my trees well enough Um, that is the ant wives the one on the right is very curvy and by curvy I don't mean like curvy like hips and breasts kind of curvy I mean curvy in the sense of like stooped over which is what I would expect of an ant wife not a tall forest tree um, but a smaller orchard orchard tree uh, bent over with her labors that's how they're described Um, so this curvature to the trunk uh, could possibly these could both be ant wives conceivably Um, but um yeah, yeah, that's uh, pretty awesome. And then we get mm-hmm. Nori and the boom of the landing mm-hmm. of the comet. And that's it. Okay, no, that's not it. Because this ben. is it. A um, little glimpse into Numenor. Yeah, big city yeah, it feels like in you're there. Peeking behind the curtain, doesn't it? Just a little yeah. reveal. I don't know if that's the same ship from the previous scene, but it's not. The sails are quite different. Sails and masts are quite different. Um, Yeah. So I think that's probably presumably a Numenorean thing. And then we got two faces in the rock, Mm -hmm. right? One on the left and one on the right. Um, Looking across. 
that's a really fun way to remember uh, the, I wonder if, um, okay, I'll make a wild guess. Uh, well, it's not a guess in the sense that I think it's what it is. But what I would do with the faces there facing the ships as they come in, I would have those be former captor, for, former captains of the Guild of Venturers, is uh, is what I would what I would say those are. Um, where are the birds? There's some birds. See, see, there's birds. There's birds. We got birds here. And there's no. I think those are pennants. Yeah, there need to be some more birds around mm. the ship there, but. Um, Oh, yeah, there's another face. There's a face up here, too. So we got faces on the right and left staggering all the way in. So, yep. 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 Okay. Well, there we go. There we go. And what's today's date? Today's the 6th. So we got a teaser for a teaser and another teaser that's coming out on the 14th, right? And lots of news about big stuff happening at Comic-Con. I am going to be at Comic-Con. uh, no, I'm not being flown out to Comic-Con. I'm going out my own self, but uh, I was invited to participate out there. So I'm looking forward to seeing Comic-Con. Um, but um, let's um, let's have our guests join us. At last. Yay. Having okay. made them wait a really long time. <laughs> Five minutes okay. is pretty quick for us. So it is. It is relatively quick. Okay, so we're bringing in Don Marshall and Emily Elizabeth and Annex Wilson from TikTok. Um, and uh, they can uh, join us here. We're already live. So here's Emily. Hi, Emily. And Annex, good to see you. Hi. And then we've got Don as well here at some point. There we go. Is this thing on? Hello? Here we are. Very good. Hi, everybody. How are you guys doing? Doing good. This is like a little right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is a fun reunion. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. 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 So we've just been, as you might have seen, we've just been looking through today's have you meta heard? teaser a uh, thing. Uh, the, the new trailer thing. Yeah, I thought you guys might have heard of it. Um, so we were just uh, we were just looking, making some comments there. Um, what what were your reactions to that today? What were you, what were your thoughts on the new the new little trailer there? Um, or annex, yeah. I thought I thought it's it's sort of like reminiscent of what we saw um, at the event as well, and it's it's visually spectacular. Like you can see, there's been money spent on this, and it looks good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now I just want to see the story and like what's actually going to happen. Oh man, I know that's what I keep uh, I I keep just pining for. You know, <laughs> is under like oh, I'm no. I'm glad to see visuals. It's fun seeing characters and everything. Uh, but everything I see, I'm just like, okay, yeah, but like, what's happening? Like, what's the story? <laughs> and we've got nothing meaty enough to really be able to kind of sink into. With st- I mean, there's some things we can kind of vaguely speculate, but there's little enough. So I agree. Totally looking forward to more more story. Um, Emily, what were your thoughts? I it was like a lot of stuff we'd seen and I like when they kind of sprinkle in like a new character, some new I like that there was a little bit of dialogue. We saw somebody speaking. Right. Um but yeah, I just I mean obviously I'm excited. I think it looks really good. I'm I'm glad that they keep kind of sprinkling in and I'm interested about this new July fourteenth. <laughs> yes. What else yeah. is happening? <laughs> a new trailer which maybe will show some real new stuff, which will be yeah. which will be cool. Story? Conflict? Yeah. yeah. How about you, Don? Uh I loved 
this just from like a like from a very real standpoint i know we didn't get like a lot of new stuff like there's the tarmiriel and then there's the amazing uh shots of the different characters but like for me it was the landscape shots mm -hmm. that was just like oh yeah. the boat with the water yeah. and then the the tower that we see that we saw yes. from the uh, the other yes. thing a few uh uh weeks ago yeah. just it I, I, and I said this at the London event in front of all of you, it very much feels like we are back in, in Middle Earth. And that's very yeah. exciting. That's very yeah. exciting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, so we wanted to talk a little bit about, I mean, of course, the, the whole um, Tolkien scene in TikTok was <laughs> a thing that was new to me, uh, you know, and that was one of the things I really enjoyed uh, meeting you guys and and getting sort of tutorials from you guys. Um, I would love to, and I think that a lot of people who don't use TikTok um, don't really have any idea of sort of what that community is like and what the the sort of the culture of um, you know of these kinds of uh, fandoms are. And you know, you guys have been. Um, you know, really at the heart of what's going on with Tolkien stuff and uh, on 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 TikTok here for a while. Would love to hear your impressions about sort of how that has grown, what you guys have seen happening in sort of in the TikTok world, um, in in fandom generally, Tolkien fandom in particular. Um, love to hear your your kind of thoughts and reflections on the you know the what may be a short history, but sort of you know the history of of of, of Tolkien fandom on on TikTok. What do you think? I'm down and for it. If, and if I you can like, also bring in, I'd be curious, like, did you know this community before you joined it or were you a part of it and then kind of organically grew into this community? Because I don't know your origin stories too. My story is fairly filled with alcohol and poor decisions that got <laughs> very lucky. So Emily and I go first. I don't, <laughs> don't want to ruin the vibe. <laughs> I feel like I might have been on TikTok the longest. I definitely, I started at the beginning of the pandemic um, mm -hmm. with most people that I feel like that's when TikTok kind of transitioned from this like dumb dancing, lip syncing kind of app to where more people were joining. It was becoming more mainstream and less like a joke thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's when, you know, actual discourse started happening and people started right. using way to disseminate information um especially young people so um i actually started off doing star wars content so i definitely did not know that this would be my niche but you've gone viral I, for some some star wars content yeah well. yeah, yeah. I, it was like kind of crazy how it all happened it was just mostly like memes and stuff and then um star wars community kind of died down a little when the shows were in a hiatus and i was like what else do i know about um, and what is not so oversaturated, which because Star Wars, you know, is very, very oversaturated on TikTok. And I was like, oh, Lord of the Rings. I haven't seen too much Lord of the Rings content. And so I started liking stuff. I started making stuff and kind of like finding people. And like, obviously, that's when I found Dawn. And I just started noticing that there was this like little, little community. So it's kind of been like nice to organically find that and kind of accidentally almost find that community but it is a really great community on tiktok i feel like one of the smaller but still very powerful obviously kind of fandoms on there yeah interesting interesting Anik, what's annex what's what's your story 
Um, I was I wasn't on TikTok when the pandemic started. I think it was sort of a year into the pandemic um, when I downloaded it one like Christmas break when I was just bored, uh, and I wasn't making stuff for a long time. Uh, and then I, I think it was around the summer when I started making it, but it wasn't Lord of the Rings. It was more generally about books and specifically fantasy books because I read a lot of like a lot of different fantasy and also and so I was talking about like Brandon Sanderson, Wheel mm-hmm. of Time, like Terry Pratchett sort of books. Um, and yeah, then I sort of stumbled into Lord of the Rings because I was sort of people were asking questions and I was like, oh, I know the answer to that question. Like, right. it, it sort of, yeah, it sort of happened. Um, in Why didn't they just take asked, the eagles to Mordor? <laughs> oh, <laughs> For instance, just to throw out a question, oh, you know, yeah. Every comment that, section. Though, every so comment good. section. <laughs> Sorry. Don't write 95 pages. Don't write 95 pages of answers for that question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is impressive. More than that. Uh, it, it was a, It was why did the One Ring make you invisible? Um, and there was a couple of theories, and I was like, oh, I, I know the answer to this one. And so I just like made a video, and like people liked it. And I was like, why do you do more of this? I, I, I know some stuff, and I could talk about it. And then it built a really lovely community. And I, I, I don't know. It. I don't know if it's just my experience on TikTok, but. I find that it's more people who haven't read all the books, but have seen the movies and like love the films. Um, and so what they're looking for is like more detail on the films. And you know, mm-hmm. they're like, sometimes they don't read a lot or sometimes they just don't have time to read. So they're like, I want to know more about Aragorn, but I don't have time to read all the books. Can you tell mm-hmm. me? And then that's <laughs> sort of, that's sort of what fun to do. And like, it makes people enjoy the books more and sometimes makes them start reading it, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed. I mean, it's it's one of the trends that I've noticed on just on talking TikTok in general that there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of that kind of content. Like, here's the one minute explanation of this thing, right? Whatever, whether whether it's a character, or whether it's you know an incident or something like that. Um, that there seems to be a lot of interest in folks. So I could the the conclusion I was drawing from looking at that is that there are a lot of people who are. Um, who are engaged, who are interested in the topic, but in a very kind of beginner sort of way, like first interest in this, you know, not like I am dedicated deep diver into this lore and I want to talk about it, but that they're really, um, uh, you guys all seem to be connecting a lot with people who are, you know, sort of not necessarily Lord of the Rings deep fans, but like, Lord of the Rings curious people, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, that's a great way to describe it. So, yeah, and, and that's, I think, I, it's some, some really interesting work that you guys are doing for that. And I have to say, like, I I feel like your audience, to be honest, because as we know, Corey's got the lore in this discussion, and I can't tell me more. So I feel very much like the kind of person that would be asking you guys questions. And then you get these beautifully made succinct answers in lovely videos that are quite comical and accessible and I don't know, artistic that the platform and your knowledge together, I think just shows such an an excellent mode for creativity. So it's, yeah, I just fangirled at you, but that's, that's pretty much what I feel about. I feel like your audience and I'm glad I get three minute answers. So thanks. (laughs) It, it really is, though. I've I've been fortunate enough that so many uh, people, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm answering the same 15 questions over and over again, but getting all of these people that genuinely feel excited to learn more about a thing that I find, and, and we all find, I think, so exciting, um, is really nice. Yeah. yeah. I just feel comfortable yeah. to ask the question, because 
some spaces in our fandom, you're not able to ask a dumb question because it'd be torn apart. Whereas right. I get the feeling at TikTok that it feels like a very friendly place. As as yeah. much as as much as it can be, I mean, I I think I might be bearing the brunt of the. And I know Annex, you've gone viral a few times for uh, Rings of Power content, but there is definitely a side of Lord of the Rings fan, fans uh, that are very um, also forgive the thing my cat just <laughs> bit me many times today. So I had to, uh, it was a weird morning because um, I, <laughs> I know i'm gonna get in chat what's wrong with his hand i'm fine thank you um but no i have found for the most part uh there have been incredibly friendly uh welcoming yeah yeah and i feel like as opposed to as what i've seen on like youtube and twitter and like mm. especially facebook and stuff like that yeah. you do get the you do get the sort of toxic fandom where, you know, you do get, sometimes you get ridiculed, like asking a question. Uh, but I find that you can, cause it's so personalized, right? Cause the for you page is so much like for you yeah. that usually your content ends up in places where people aren't like that. And so the majority right. of your audience who sees those comments will from the toxic fans will just shut that down and be like, no, this is not acceptable here. And so it does tend to create, I think a much more positive community if that's what you're aiming for. Like the platform lets you do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's you know, this actually to me is the wildest thing about TikTok, um, and I love hearing you guys talk about the algorithm, um, oh. which like when we talk about the algorithm, I feel like I, I must be in a Doctor Who episode, right? Um, it does feel like that sometimes. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. But like in general, so I, I was interested. In, so for those for people who don't have don't know for people know as little about tiktok as i did two months ago uh let me explain um so one of the one of the elements about of tiktok is you can't just browse like you can't just go in and and look like on youtube you can follow like threads and like from one channel to another and you could just like search for something and find a topic and then and, and look around like it, tiktok gives you almost no agency uh at all basically you just get you can follow people and so you can you can go to people's accounts and you can like look so it's possible to navigate to a particular person and watch like the videos that they have made like that's a thing you can choose to do um they have a separately curated but sort of arbitrarily curated people you're following thing where it will give you randomized videos from people that you're following so that you you can kind of curate that and control whose videos are there but you can't just browse you can't it just it gives you a random yeah. video from one of the people that you're following and then you scroll past it and it gives you another random video from people that you're following and then of course there's the main ish, the main place for the algorithm is your for you page where the algorithm knows what you want to see and That's has so specific yeah, it's like too that, accurate. It's yeah, too like, accurate. That's how I figured out I had ADHD. I was like, oh, <laughs> all of these content creators who are like specifically saying that they do these things and that they were diagnosed a year ago. I'm like, I do that. <laughs> yes. So it's it it you know so it takes it you know it looks at like the videos that you like and uh, that how long you watch any particular video and then it it feeds you other videos that you th it believes that you will like uh, based on you know your preferences and those get more refined over time. Um, but again, but you can't browse. Like there's there's no browsing. There's just 
the algorithm gives you what the algorithm gives you, and it's fairly random. Um, so to me, that's by far the most surreal experience of seeing TikTok and trying <laughs> to understand it. I can only... I'm only vaguely beginning to understand how strange that must be and the kind of dynamics that must create for you guys as content creators. Um, because there's a sense in which the... Okay, wait, the sense it gives me is that the community themselves are kind of... Um, I don't know. Does it create a, some sort of a sense of disconnect among the community because there's that lack of that lack of browsing, that lack of like I'm I'm coming to your channel, like I've been sent to your channel, or I've to, you know, and and if if it's in your followed list, then you know they'll keep coming back. Like it's it's not like there's no mechanism for any choice whatsoever. Um, but it it feels to me like there's you're much more um, being forced into a kind of uh, I don't know like blind speed dating situation. Uh, you know, is, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I mean, like I mean, all these really is, like trying to figure yeah. out what the algorithm will like from you. So it's not necessarily right. like you if you would like to grow your page and would mm -hmm. you like more people who are like you to see this stuff. You can't necessarily just do whatever you want you kind of have to pay attention right. to what about your content the algorithm likes and you know there are instances where you like you do a video that you like and are proud of and not even your followers will see it so it really it is very tricky <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's that does seem really challenging. So Alyssa was asking, um, are you worried about like the echo chamber phenomenon on this platform? Can creators respond to one another's videos and, you know, agree or disagree? Just like that, you know, a bunch of people kind of saying the same thing in ignorance of each other saying them. It seems like that could happen much more uh, uh, easily, right, on this kind of a platform. What's your experience with that? Like how you're connecting with people or are able to be in dialogue? You do kind of get a little bit of an echo chamber, not nearly as much as something like like Twitter, um, especially especially with politics, because I was on uh, as a former journalist, I was on, you know, very uh, investigative reportery type uh, mm -hmm. TikTok before I did the whole, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings thing. And you do kind of get just like a whole bunch of feedback of just like, yes, you're absolutely right. And these people hyping you up about how you're so right. And because you are interacting with that content, you're not going to see the opposite side of things. But because the um, algorithm is going to keep showing yeah, you things that exactly. are just like that, yeah, that you exactly, like, right? Exactly. So you, I mean, I'm I'm conceited enough that I will go to the other side and the people who are, you know, uh, not necessarily huge fans of this uh, of this TV show or think that the the books are uh, bad, what what have you. Um, and I just kind of try to ignore it i'm almost 30 i don't really want to spend my time focusing on things i don't like yeah, yeah. yeah. i think you said that in one of yours as well like i don't want to engage in that i just want to focus on the stuff that i love yeah um it i think don is right that it does to a certain extent create an echo chamber but it's not necessarily a bad thing i think mm -hmm. because um like you said if i want to see the opposite i can and i think um there's been a lot of times when like your followers would tag you in a video. So like it, you know, recently, like, you know, tagged in videos of people who were like, you know, uh, sort of being toxic about rings of power and I get tagged in that video. So then I see that video, but normally that wouldn't show up on my for you page. Um, right. And 
Yeah, it does. It, I guess the, the comment section does get a little worrying sometimes when absolutely everyone agrees with you about an opinion and you're like, well, okay, I, I wish someone would disagree because I don't want to create like a <laughs> monolith of everyone being like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm. Uh, you know, you want a bit of discussion, but yeah. Yeah. You also want that positivity. Yeah. Yeah. I um, had a drone. The YouTube comments just made, I think, a, a really cool, uh, really encapsulated my experience. He says in, 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 in TikTok, you don't go to the content. The content comes to you. Yeah. And that's a really great way to characterize it. That's exactly yeah. what happens. And so he says it's consumer centered rather than creator centered uh, yes. in that sense. No um, yeah. So it's yeah. really great when you're trying to like consume something, but when you're trying to create something and get it to a specific audience, it's, it's almost impossible. <laughs> that's the thing that blows my mind as a creator yeah. trying to imagine like, um, like one of the, I mean, as a podcaster, right? Like the very like cornerstone of what it means to be a kind is like you make something and then you push it out to people, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's like literally step one of like how the world works as far as I see. And you can't do that in TikTok. Like you don't push it out to people. You put it there and then hope that people get it. Right. Yeah. You hope but, that you know, your followers see it and your followers comment and that the algorithm sees that your followers are commenting on it and pushes it to not your followers. Yeah. Right. Corey, just to kind of put it in perspective, I had a mutual yesterday post a video. She is about one, I think it's over a million followers now at this point, mm -hmm. but the brand reached out to her because they thought there had been some kind of mistake because the video got so few views because that initial interaction was like, none there was hmm. nothing there just because the first you know the first 200 to 300 people didn't seem to like it and so the algorithm which is all automated just like totally shuts it down which is terrifying right <laughs> yeah. right so if if somehow the thing that you make for some reason rubs the algorithm the wrong way yeah no one yeah. will ever it goes into the black hole of tiktok and no one will ever see yeah. it yep it so it's weird. the attention as well like if the first five seconds of your video, it does not captivate them, then yeah. it's not going to do well. And like, it's also, they will scroll fast. That's it's it. designed that way because we like innately want, you know, like that the high you feel when you get like a viral video or when like a lot of people follow you at once or they're all commenting and liking your stuff. Like TikTok doesn't want you to have it one way or the other. They don't okay. want you to have a bunch of videos that do poorly and none of them do well because then you will not be motivated to make more content. But conversely, mm. if all of your videos do well, you won't have the same sort of like drive and feeling of like right. of super viral video. So it's it's designed like that on purpose to every once in a while give you a video that does really, really, really well and then it, it won't give you another one of those. It is an addiction. It However, is 100% yeah. an addiction. Yeah, it, it's designed to like, mm -hmm. You're always chasing it. Keep going, to keep creating, to keep scrolling, to whatever else. Like it is kind of genius. The, really. Yeah, the upsetting thing. Yeah, but it feels really stupidest. positive. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we're really waiting to be let in, Corey. So I don't know if you see oh. him in the waiting room, yeah, but I'll bring Nubit in. Join us too. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks for pointing that out. I did totally, yeah. totally. Uh, miss that. Um, yeah, it, it's it's both. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, it's both fascinating and also kind of creepy at the same time. Hey, Newbeck, yeah. welcome. You're oh, muted. You're muted, you're muted. Uh, there, Newbeck. Yeah, and we're 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 talking about the algorithm uh, and uh, <laughs> trying to explain some of the weirdnesses about how uh, how TikTok works. So. Okay, I should be unmuted now. Am I unmuted? There we go. Yeah, yeah you are. Right, you're yeah. good. Mm -hmm. Nice hey, background. What's up, guys? How you doing? Emily's here. Thanks. Don's here. What is this? And what's happening? I just saw it. <laughs> I feel like we need to get a pint. Like, we're... Exactly. Yeah, it's like the good old days. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah, what is it? Oh, it is. What is it? Come back to London, guys. Come back to London. Let's go. I, 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 I feel like we're on the bus again. Yesterday. You know, I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, good to see you. Yeah, that's Good awesome. That's awesome. Um, Have any of you met in real life, or was London the first time you guys had met in real life? London was the first for me. First time, we all met. Yeah, yeah. That's exciting. That's cool. That was great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, how do you guys? Um, how do you guys over no. as you're thinking about kind of cultivating? Um, a, the a, the community. I mean, we've been talking about the community, right? People who you know who are engaging and um, and you're you're wanting to continue engaging, but you've got this algorithm that you're trying to manage, right? How do you do it? How do you how do you try to focus to kind of retain and build a community and a following uh, in this kind of context when you're at the end of the day kind of powerless to make sure people see your content. <laughs> I just keep making the same thing over and over again and hoping it works. Mm -hmm. And the, honest <laughs> to God, that's like different question, different video, same three second. Hi, welcome to Obscure Lord of the Rings facts mm -hmm. intro. And it it works, I guess, a bit. <laughs> I've my, my channel growth compared to the first year, the second year of my channel growth has been absolutely abysmal, comparatively speaking. Mm -hmm. But like, I also recognize that I'm coming from a place of privilege to be like, Hey, yeah, this one only got 40,000 views. It's not so good. But like, okay, somebody else would feel very differently about that. So yeah, mm -hmm. I just I just kind of keep doing the same thing. I also feel like engaging with your audience is a big thing. Like I don't have as big of an audience as the rest of these guys do, but I would take, you know, my audience that actually cares about what I have to say and and supports me no matter what, whenever my content's all over the place rather than you know trading that off for like a larger audience of um, not as engaged people like i feel like in order to really create like a, a community of people you have to come it back you have to interact you have to like build sort of like loyalty honestly of like people wanting to know about you and, and getting to know you as a person yeah um I feel like I get in where I fit in. Like I just stay doing what I do. Um, I've noticed my growth has been stagnant, but it doesn't bother me because it's weird. I see that I'm, I'm at like 76,000 and I've been there and comparatively to like Don or Annex, you know, not as high, but I feels like everybody recognizes me and I get, opportunities from what I've been doing and that in itself it's fine so I don't need the growth in that sense I, I feel like I get the recognition and um from people that of importance in the community and that means more than anything to me and to make good videos for people 
and informative videos for people. So if I, I need to make a three minute video, I know it'll get me more followers if I make a one minute video. I know that, but I don't want to sacrifice my content to just get followers. I'd rather make the followers that I have satisfy with what I got right? because I'm telling them the way I do my content and to be as informative as possible with the lore, I feel more true. So it doesn't bother me at all. At first it was like, ah, I, I would like to grow. I want to reach as many people as possible. But then I was like, you know what? That's not how the algorithm works. It works this way, but I'm happy being in this pocket that I'm in mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of yeah. cool with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and like I think it's more about your purpose, uh, just yourself. I think right. what yeah. you want to do. Being, right. being true to yourself, you'll, you'll gain yeah. the people that matter. Likely not. And I think Emily's right about like interacting with it because I've definitely noticed that there is a like out of all like the thousands of people who watch it, there's a core group that always mm -hmm. comment or like always interact with the video, yes. <laughs> uh, and so you respond to them every time, and you and you sort of build that connection that way. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there will be thousands that you won't know, and it'd be just nameless sort of you know just pictures that just watch your video, like it, and then move on. But there'll be a few that comment every time. And so, yeah. Love and you those sort of, people. You know, Love yes. those people. And like, I'm working on yeah. all of our videos and then commenting mm -hmm. to them on Dawn or Anaxon videos yeah. or being in one of Willie's lives and interacting with them on lives. Like that is mm -hmm. the, the good community building kind of stuff that yeah. you do. Yeah, exactly. Definitely interact with each other. If you're in the same community, like me and Annex and, and um, Emily and, and Don, very much in the same community. So when and Don's on YouTube or Twitch and I, I see him on, I'll interact. And then, you know, he's, oh, new better. And then everybody, oh, new better's in here too. And it just, you know, so we just strengthen <laughs> each other's community. Emily will hop on my live, I'll hop on her live. Just say hi or interact with a question and then you know it, the interaction the other person acknowledging and then you know just being excited i'm excited when i go on one of their lives i i'm genuinely excited like when annex is on and you know he hops on one of my live i mean annex is in the building I, it builds excitement when you're excited for the people like oh annex if they don't know they're like who's annex Nubet is excited, so let me get excited. Who is this? Let me go follow them. Or they know, and then they're like, wow, this Let's Live is awesome. Look at all these people that we have from our community that we follow, that we trust their, you know, opinions about, um, you know, or, or their viewpoints on Lord of the Rings. Look, they're all on this one live. This is like Christmas. And people say that all the time. When when me, Callie, and, and Annex are in a live, they're like, oh my God, my favorite talking creators are here, or this is like super team or whatever. Like, I, it yeah. feels cool, you know what I'm saying? So, That's always a really nice touch, just yeah. to sort of have the people yeah. in the chat. So anyway, to, to answer your, your question, Corey, uh, yeah, it's really nice, but sometimes we are <laughs> slaves to the algorithm. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's interesting the way that you guys are, are kind of connecting with each other and focusing on that. I mean, it's it, it does seem to some extent to me like the um, the way that TikTok is set up is not really designed to foster the kind of community that you guys are. It's almost you guys are kind of swimming upstream, really, yeah. in fostering the kind of community and interaction that you are. Um, and uh, the, I, I love the like rebellious element of that, uh, you know, the way in which it seems to me like that was one of the, th the things that drew me to it, too. I'm like, hey, we're jobbing the system here, right? We're like, uh, we're like this is awesome. I, I, I'm in. Let's do it. You know, um, and I think that's really cool, especially for the, you know, in that sort of way. Well, let's let's talk about one of the um, uh, one of the relatively recent Rings of Power thing. I've been I've been out for a little while. Um, one of the recent Rings of Power things that uh, we haven't talked about yet. Maggie and I haven't talked about yet. Would love to hear your perspectives on uh, with an assistance from a visual aid there from Nubeta uh, is the orcs. 
What do you guys think about yeah. the orcs? Uh, the the orc yes. pictures that we've gotten, they're uh, very remarkable, I think. Mm. Particular reflections you guys have had? I'm just excited about the practical effects, I feel like, like everybody else and seeing the Weta's involved. The prosthetics and, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Comforting yeah. to know Weta. Familiarity, I suppose. Yeah, like yeah. I I feel terrifying. That one over your shoulder, new brother, is terrifying. (laughs) I don't. You don't want that guy coming at you. Um, I I felt like it was like a kind of like a laugh in the face to all the people that's been talking nonsense because they can't really say anything, and they're like, "Oh, well, those are good," but. It's like you sound dumb when you say stuff like that. You're like, oh well, those are good, but everything else is like, dad, stop it! You sound, you sound, make yourself sound dumb. So it's like the, it's been silencing people. Um, the more stuff that's been coming out, it's just been quiet. I haven't been getting as much, you know, kickback as originally when people just, just going crazy for no reason. And um, I definitely don't want to make this about that, but it's uh, it's definitely refreshing. Um, you know that we're getting updates and we're seeing. Uh, a silencing of the haters for the most part. Now, of course, you know, the new trailer came out. We got a, a Black Muriel. So, um, <laughs> so I, we, you know, the up is going to go up again. But, um, right. you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you just I can see them. the YouTube Black clickbait button. titles now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm, 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 I'm looking at some of the orc uh, images here, which I'm, so I just put the one up on the screen with the, the close up with the dude with the helmet. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Which is so cool. And you look at the... So this looks like he's got four pieces. He's got what looks like a skull, right? Like So like the headpiece is like a bone skull, it looks Someone like. Someone suggested that it might be a warg skull. Like they're wargs that have died and they Whoa. wear... The, yeah, that was creepy to me. I was like, maybe. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It looks like... Similarly, it looks like the um, the garment that he's wearing around the bottom looks like the badly tanned hide of I dare not guess what creature, basically. You know, like it's, it looks scaly. Um, so, so I don't know where this guy is and what animals he had access to, but um, but yeah, you see scales on it. Maybe like an alligator skin or something. Desert, I don't even lizard know. kind of deal yeah, thing. Some kind mm. of thing. Um, We've got the chin pieces coming down, which are like rusted metal. It looks like he's got two pieces that he took from somebody else's armor, like you know the the, the armor of a dead opponent or something, and stapled to his skull hat, right? Um, and then there's what looks like an arrowhead, right? The, right down in the middle, like this sort of rusted. Uh, that's bloody... actually like a sim- a symbol of someone. You think so? Like yeah, a, like a, like like a natural a... sigil there on his face. It's like uh, it looks like a like a Dark Lord esque type figure, right? Not an arrow. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It, like it looks like a figure. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. possibly so. It does. Um, it it also looks like what holds the Eye of Sauron in in the tower. Yes. Yeah. If you look at it, it looks like a oh that one yeah the head with the the shoulders and. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. I totally missed that. Yeah, I'm looking at. Let's see. Let's get that one here. Okay. Meantime, I'm just wondering why one of the orcs had blue eyes. I'm like, oh, are we getting some corrupted elves kind of stuff? Because yeah, the blue-eyed orc was the one I was just looking at. Yeah, yeah. He's got very creepily blue eyes. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I have not zoomed in this far. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, they are legitimately terrifying. Yeah. Which is interesting because, like, I haven't been scared of orcs in Lord of the Rings for a few years now. Like, maybe right. when I first watched it. But these, <laughs> yeah, they scare me. These yeah. orcs scare me. I legitimately, when I made the, the review video, I put a warning because I'm very aware. There are a bunch of people that watch their uh, the, my videos <laughs> with their kids that are like right. in the seven to 12 range. So I'm like, okay, let's be cognizant. I'm like, hey, <laughs> this image is really scary if you're watching yeah. this with your kids. Don't, <laughs> scroll away, just hide right. their eyes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure. So the the one with the metal helmet, the one, the image you were just holding up there, Maggie, has yeah. what looks like a, a, a growth or something on the right side of like his right cheekbone, which you can just see something? inside that. Yeah, some kind of. Yeah, that 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 growth on his on his cheek there. Um, I'm showing the high res image to the yeah, people on the stream, stream itself, but I'm yeah. not. I'm sure I, I, if I share my screen with you guys, Zoom will screw it all up. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to I'm making you guys guess what image I, what I'm showing everybody else. Um, but um, behind the curtain, this is what I have to do when Corey's presenting. <laughs> exactly. Like, You're the exactly. Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, anyway, like I, I'm. It look on the one hand, it looks like there's definitely a scar there. You can see a scar coming down mm. to his lip there, and it's possible that that's just like sort of healed scar tissue uh, up there. Um, but um, but I'm wondering, like one of the things that I keep asking myself when I'm looking at these orc pictures is essentially like what what are we what what are we seeing? What can we guess about orc? nature orc culture um as they're representing it in this show from this like what you know annex i'm coming back to i'm trying to pry story out right like that's, <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's, what, that's what i'm trying to get um some of these like so here i'm looking at the one with the tor the 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 spiky helmet and all the torches and you can see the other orcs in the background um and yeah that one there we go um, thank you maggie yeah, yeah, I've also just messaged them all of you. So it's <laughs> thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, I do. It, it does look like we, we're seeing. I agree with uh, praise in the comments. It looks like lots of scavenged armor, mm -hmm. um, scavenged armor and bones and things. Um, oh. So it's very, it's very sort of eclectic. The chainmail that we can see around the shoulders of the guy holding the torch um, certainly looks like it's repurposed. It's all. You know, it's got holes all in it and everything. Um, looking at their faces, their faces, like their noses. If you do a mm. nose study uh, of these orcs, they're all, they're very different. Um, they're very yeah. different. Um, like their nostrils, the whole shape of their nose is quite yeah. different um, all over the place. I'm getting uh, close up now. The one that's gonna be honest. I don't think I, I noticed the nose, but you're they're very snake-like. Like I think no, they're all I... very similar in that they have these like recessed nostrils that kind of go up. Yeah. yeah. Actual like construction looks like there's different bone formations under there or something. Like mm -hmm. they do look like different races of orcs. Yes. Like, there are different, yeah. They yeah. come from different areas. That's what I was gonna they say too. They look background. like from different areas. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. We kind of see definitely desert orcs there. Um, yeah, no, go ahead. There are definitely some desert orcs, and I feel like this is possibly the one I have in the background, possibly might be one yeah. where they're yeah. using the, the, clothes, the cloak to, to protect themselves from the sun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because there wouldn't yeah. be any 
natural protection from the sun in the desert. So if they're somewhere in Harad or, mm-hmm. or in South, and you know there's orcs there, they'd have to find another way to protect themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. This definitely feels like I'm getting the vibe, at least from the the pictures and from the mm, big air quotes story that we know so far. It kind of feels like there's going to be a bunch of different orc like tribes because they're not mm-hmm. uh, uh, united yet by mm-hmm. Sauron. And they're in, mm-hmm. you know, as New said, Harad and they're in Rune and these sort of desert areas. And then Sauron starts making his push. Maybe with the blue wizards. I don't know. I got my fingers crossed. <laughs> but like that, that kind of feels like like where this is headed. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, and what it's what I keep just kind of coming back to is trying to figure out their suggestion of the origins. Now it's possible that they've just mm. what they're showing is the result of breeding orcs for a long, long time, right? Um, I mean, goodness, like domestic dogs, right? You know, very pronounced differences in like their facial physiology, right? Um, um, So orcs that are being bred not only in different areas, as you guys were suggesting, but also for different purposes, right? That there will have been very deliberate breeding programs, right? So maybe, for instance, one of the differences that I'm noticing in the noses, right? So you've got dude with metal helmet with that sigil you were talking about, um, uh, better, um, who has who's who has almost the Voldemort non nose, right? Yeah. Uh, from from the film, like he's yeah. he's got almost no sticky out nose and just the like recessed nostrils there uh, yeah. above his unpleasant looking teeth. Um, whereas <laughs> the guy with the bone helmet um, has a, no, the, a a nose tip that sticks out, but though they're almost no bridge. Right, and then you have the really large triangular nostrils, though, um, and then uh, for the uh, the one that what does I agree knew better look like a desert orc, the one behind you um, has huge nostrils, like has a much more prominent nose with a prominent bridge, and and so I'm like, is is this like, are are we we know for instance from the books, like the 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 two different specifically bred species of orcs that we see are the tracker orcs and the warrior orcs, right? Like those two orcs that almost find Sam and Frodo in Mordor, right? Um, And it's clear who's in charge because the uh, warrior orc is calling the tracker orc Snaga, uh, which is one of the few words of orc Names. speech that we know because it yeah. means because it means slaves so like it's one of the it's one of the few words we know so we know where the what the pecking order is the one being called snaga is not in charge um <laughs> though he's the one who kills the other guy of course uh in that scene um, but anyway like there's the reference to his to 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 his snotty nose right uh your snotty noses um that uh, 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 what what's uh, what's 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 more useful, right? And his, their snotty the snotty noses of the trackers are not much use. So the the, the extreme differences. So I, I think I, I we're clearly getting some breeding, uh, and again, not just they've become different things, right? But they have been planned and bred for different purposes. Um, <laughs> Which is kind of creepier? Do you think? I think the hideous race, the orcs. Exactly, exactly. I think we're, I think we're definitely going with. I, by we, I mean the Rings of Power show. 
we're definitely doing the corrupt elves it's version of the orcs. You think? That way yeah. To me. yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. sometimes we gotta like stop letting the retcons ruin the story. It's some retcons yeah. hurt when you try to. Oh, he retconned. It. Some retcons hurt. Yeah. It, it makes well, more yeah. sense for them to be corrupted else. Period. Yeah. That's it. Any other thing, like you know, you can tell he had trouble. He was struggling figuring out how to make it so he really wanted it to work. When sometimes the answer is right in front of you. Just leave it how it was. That works right. out the best. You'd be better off not retconning it and just saying, and, and this is token. We love him, but he wasn't perfect. He would have been better off just saying they're corrupted elves. I know I didn't want them to have spirits because they go to the Hall of Mandos. Easy enough to say once their spirit was corrupted by Melkor, they couldn't go because of that reason. That's easy enough to just say that. It is easy enough to just say that instead of trying to change everything else because it, it kind of messes up the story when you do that. That happened a couple times, and I know mm-hmm. our love for him makes it like, oh, he can't <laughs> you know, make any mistakes, but he's made, he made several mistakes like that. Yeah. And well, it, it, it hurts the story more than it helps it. Well, it hurt the Silmarillion in that it prevented him from writing it. <laughs> it prevent, prevent, prevented him from finishing it. Um, if not for all the retcon he was doing. And as you say, the kind of retcon. It's not just particular isolated choices, right? It was the whole retcon path that he set himself on, Man. right? Where he's like, okay, at the age of 65, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to rework the entire system. And then I'm going to rewrite the whole story in another mode following that system that I'm creating. And it was like, dude, that's not going to pan out. Right? That was not a good idea. Everything, like it's like a ripple, like it's like a like a, a stone in a pond. Oh yeah, yeah. It changes everything. An avalanche of things changes. Like, oh, it always comes. It always comes back to every single time we have the same conversation. But the the, the one little Fingon, you think it's not important, Gilgalad. We don't know so much. That one right. thing changes so much. It yes. changes so much, and it's like. Yes. Okay, I can see it either way. We had that conversation, but it yes. changed so many things. It so does. it's important to know what what retcon we're following, what lore are we following. Uh, I'm just trying to I'm trying to picture Tolkien as a modern author. Like in 2022, if you try and publish The Lord of the Rings and The Silmarillion oh and then all of the other stuff yeah. without mm-hmm. without any of the backstory, it's like yeah. wait, you changed what now? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've um I've always felt that like Lord of the Rings could never be published now. Like mm, with the way no. fantasy is being published. Like you couldn't start a book with like several pages of this is what the hobbits are and this is their tradition. Like you couldn't Nobody you have to start would with a story. Nobody, Nobody would pub- our like yeah. our attention spans are not that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's no story TikTok. stopping yet. You don't have the patience for you figuring out the whole world. We need to know what the story is. Like he yeah. just, he muddled yeah. so much with just trying it, to. It couldn't be published now. He did some some. some when you think about publisher expectation, no publisher would read that spec script. <laughs> you know, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Well, he, he actually told uh, his publisher told him, "Hey, hey, you can't have a book called The Return of the King. You're giving away the ending." <laughs> but because he did it, the Return of the Jedi was able to keep his title because of, of the Lord of the Rings. This is a fact. Because they, because he got away with that, the Return of the Jedi, same thing. Hey, you're telling what happens. Like now, it kind of ruins the story. But it actually doesn't even ruin anything. Yeah. It's so it's so it's yeah. so crazy. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it is. Uh, there's there's no question that uh, Tolkien in the modern era, like submitting it to a modern editor, would it be? I don't even. I don't even. <laughs> I can't even imagine it. No, um, doesn't work. No, but um, but anyway. So I I do agree about the retcon. So to me, with the orc choice, I I think as um, as an adaptation. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that he threw out as to what could explain the orcs. But it seems to me like there's really only two options that you can really kind of... If you if, if you do any of the other stuff, no one's going to... It's it's not going to even sound like anything Tolkien wrote because he never wrote it, right? He just threw out these ideas and he never really yeah. thought through the story. So there's really only two possible versions. One is the Corrupted Elves version. And yeah. the other is the one that's actually earlier than that. The orcs as constructs. Right, like the Frankenstein kind of, um, just like flesh golems, right? That then get animated by the will of Morgoth and Sauron. That was the original version of the orcs. Um, and there were moments when I first saw the orc pictures. There were some of them that I was looking at, and I'm like, ah, they wouldn't do that, would they? They would. They would do the because because they would know that everyone is going to expect the Silmarillion answer, the corrupted elves version, and the one. I'm back to the one with the bone skull and the pointy ears and the blue eyes again. And this is the one that most clearly screams corrupted elf. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. Even the even the shape of his ears shape is almost ears. The, yes. exactly the same yeah. as the yeah. shape of the elf ears we get. It's not exactly, but it's very reminiscent and then the blue eyes uh especially so i think i think we are gonna definitely gonna be getting that i will be fascinated to see if they and if i've been laughing um annex and don i've seen videos from both of you recently addressing the where do works come from question presumably oh, in response yeah. to these drops one, right yeah. uh and uh, I, i've just i've had to laugh because i'm like oh man i spent 10 years trying to undo the confusion Peter Jackson wrought by that Uruk High scene when <laughs> oh he tried goodness. when he combined yeah, like the, the the mud pit thing with Saruman telling the narrative and how that gets combined in people's mind like I remember like the week the Return of the King came out in the theaters like spending so much time trying to like oh no 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 okay hang on it was a little confusing let me explain right oh man like I did that so from then on like ever since the release date of that movie I've been having that conversation with people, people so I've just been about yeah yeah I've just been chuckling like, watching watching you guys uh, addressing this issue still uh, on TikTok <laughs> yeah exactly but I'm hoping I'm hoping that they deal with a little bit more clarity with the orc question uh, here. I mean, it's going to come up, right? I mean, and, yeah. and we don't need a whole bunch of exposition in the narrative, you know, in the show necessarily, but um, but it's got to come up and I'll be really interested to see how they handle it. Um, the article where we were getting that information about, um, you know, orc women and orc cultures, um, but just another thing that I, I can't even understand. Like, I can't even understand the people, the reaction videos from people who are like, see, like it says, he, they talked about orc women and that proves they don't know what they're talking about. And I'm like, what yes. are you even talking? Like, why would you say that? Why would anybody say that? Like, it's... It, it also, um, Corey, it kind yeah. of begs the question of like, is it possible for a modern audience to like have the books and the movie and this TV show exist separate from each other utilizing middle earth as sort of like the umbrella but like i'm i'm not i mean i'm obviously going to unconsciously draw parallels but like if they don't 
have the same like ring of bear here or like if uh robert arameo's accent for elrond isn't exactly like hugo weaving like we have to be able to separate that you have to sure. you have yeah. to okay. and so also from the books as you were suggesting yeah. as well like it's it's an you know you have to understand it on its own grounds for that's the first premise of being able to critique it, even to compare it, even if what you want to do is compare and contrast with Peter Jackson or compare and contrast with the books, right? Before you can do that, step one has to be understanding it on its own terms, right? Yeah. Understanding its story and what it's doing. Then you compare and contrast, right? Um, but um, anyway, their references to art culture, I think are really interesting. I think it, that seems to me an, an almost inevitable choice for them yeah. to make because we're talking about looking at, we, they, we have to be seeing orcs who are not, or at least not yet, directly under Sauron's control, right? Because Sauron yeah. has not yet established control over, you know, his new forces, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, so that's, I think, certainly one of the things we're going to begin seeing over the course of season one and into season two, right, is sort of the rise of Sauron's empire in Middle-earth. Mm -hmm. But it's not happened yet, so there's going to be all these survivals of orcs out there from the first age, who have been roughing it, right? Who have been living yeah. on their own, uh, establishing their own little orc cultures, whatever those are like. That's that that has to have happened in order for the orcs to have survived, right? So, or, or um, following the next next best thing, um, you know, they they always seem to. to you know, fall under this way of, uh, of of a baddie, right? So mm -hmm. we have someone in the South, let's say, that's, you know, uh, you know, being just bad on their own terms, uh, a black Numenorean possible, possibly, right. or, or, you know, one of the, the men that just literally just want to be bad, you know, because that yes. is, is what it is. You know, the, the orcs could literally follow them if they and, you know, exert enough influence or power. You know what I'm saying? Like, who is Adar? Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we get a Black Numenorean there um, to establish the whole, um, as a way to establish the dynamic of like, uh, you know, the decline of the Numenorean culture, right? Yeah. To establish like here's, here are some Numenoreans that have drifted and gone quite bad and to use them to show the imperialist Numenorean connection in Middle Earth, mm. right? Show, showing some Numenoreans enslaving, uh, uh, you know, races from Middle Earth and stuff. Um, yeah. That's uh, why that I'm so... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm breaking up a little bit there, Maggie. Sorry. Maggie, freeze. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. I was just going to see what Emily wanted to say. <laughs> oh, um, I was just gonna say about the like whole orc um, tribal culture. Like when I first read that article, I kind of drew a parallel to what the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett did with the Tusken Raiders, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. in the original movies, the Tusken Raiders are sand people, and right. they are just bad for the sake of being bad. I think Obi Wan at one point like even kind of insinuates that they're like savages. Right. And right. the thing that I really enjoyed about the Mandalorian was like the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, they go and they experience the Tuscan culture and mm -hmm. they give them not necessarily humanity, but they give them like, oh, these are disenfranchised people with this is their land. There used to be an ocean yeah. here that they thrived off of. And now they don't have yeah. that and they're being attacked in sides. And so I think it'll be really interesting to see if they end up kind of following that path with the orcs with being like, 
these are corrupted elves they live in tribes they've created these cultures on their own and like kind of giving them a little bit of um history and uh some sort of other reason for being why they are rather than just the fact that they're corrupted by sauron and bad and stuff yeah i don't know that was just a, a thought that i had when i read that and i was like huh, i wonder if they're going that direction because i enjoyed that star wars did that yeah. i think that could be fascinating if they do that because then if it starts out with orcs have their own tribal culture and they have their own societies that they've built in the absence of morgoth before sauron comes into power then it all almost creates a sense of like tragedy of what, mm -hmm. what sauron does of he comes in and he sort of takes over and ruins their you know their bare minimum yeah, way of yeah. life and sort of yeah. stops any chance of them having to build any society and yeah, yeah. it's it sort of paints the orcs with a sense of tragedy of yeah. what happens to them later i think that could be fascinating yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get out of here tricky so all right yeah all right see you know so, all right a bit. thanks for stopping yeah. in no problem um yeah, it is interesting. This to me, this is the biggest question. Again, this is where the origin question comes in to be so important, right? Um, at the end of the day, I, I believe that the reason Tolkien never solved this question, but the reason he was invested in trying to solve it, like the reason he wasn't satisfied with the corrupted elves thing, ultimately is the question of free will, right? Because if orcs have free will, um, you can't, like, how can you how could possibly even Morgoth have the power to corrupt captive elves so thoroughly that mm. their children in all perpetuity are yeah. born corrupt, completely corrupt, mm. right? And without the freedom to possibly ever make good choices, right? And amend. Um, and ultimately, that was, I think, one of the... And because you'll notice, even in the Lord of the Rings book... Um, there's no moral consequences to killing orcs. Like, it's mm -hmm. not a big deal. Mm -hmm. it, killing orcs is a thing you brag about. Like, mm -hmm. exterminating... There's no, there's no, like... It's the question of, like, should we or should we not exterminate all of these orcs is not even a moral question in The yeah. Lord of the Rings. Um, and that's a, that's a heritage from the early days of Tolkien's writings when they were constructs, when they were, they were not creatures. Like, they, mm -hmm. they, they didn't have souls they didn't have choice um yeah. they were like little murder bots um created by uh by morgoth who's like their whole job like their whole existence mindless is just drones. yeah mindless drones mindless drones programmed for hatred and cruelty yeah. and malice yeah. against anything that's good right like that was and so if you've got all of these little like malicious murder bots then yeah like decommissioning as many of those as you possibly can is a good day right yeah. and that's exactly how they talk about killing orcs in the lord of the rings yeah. whether you're talking yeah. about legolas and gimli's yeah. um you know competition, competition. right yeah mm -hmm. or all of the many references where like the battle of the black gate and helm's deep and everywhere else where uh, like if they're humans we give them quarter like we take their mm -hmm. surrender and everything but orcs yeah. we just exterminate them all mm -hmm. um so that's the big question. Mm -hmm. And and this is, a, so I think it was important for Tolkien, like he talk about, you know, as uh, Nubeta was saying, the repercussions, right? In mm -hmm. some ways, the corrupted elves version of that story is not yet, like its repercussions are not yet woven all the way back through the books. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, so yeah, so it's a really substantive question then. Like if they, mm -hmm. if they could, 
Um, it would be really interesting for the orcs to be in some sense tragic, right? To see them mm -hmm. also, like though in different ways and perhaps in more profound ways, under the dominion and enslavement of Sauron and therefore objects of pity for us, mm -hmm. right? We mm -hmm. see them beginning to develop these like proto-cultures of their own and then Sauron comes in and, you know, it would also overrides it all. It would also line up with what we kind of in the showrunners. They're trying to get us to care and engage, and they're showing us these mm -hmm. different cultures. It's really rich, world, and we don't because of the Second Age. So this is an excellent way to create that tension and to build those story arcs that I had really never considered. So yeah, and and comparing mm -hmm. it to the Bubba Fett storyline. Genius, Mandalorian. That was love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I agree. I I. I I don't, I, at the end of the day, I don't think I'd be comfortable. And certainly not, I would think about the way, that, especially in the Book of mm. Boba Fett, which this is my favorite part of the Book of Boba Fett, was mm. his, the Sand People plotline. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, the, if they were to go as far as the Book of right. Boba Fett did in right. you know, sort of humanizing the Sand yeah. People, that would work. become really uncomfortable with the Orcs yeah. if we went as far as yeah. that. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't get a sense from these images that they're going there. Right. I mean, right? <laughs> the, these all look very um, evil, evil. Yeah. yeah. Evil yeah. would yeah. be menacing. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Evil, menacing, even just sickening. Right. Uh, in the just way the teeth with... alone, the teeth yeah. alone the teeth. do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the skin literally like falling off corpse yeah. like there's death moldering um, happening yeah and i think you're right because i mean we know that this has to lead eventually to the war of the last alliance and that so if you spend four spoilers humanizing annex come on oops, <laughs> to this audience this audience yeah seriously um but if you spend four seasons humanizing orcs then you know at the war at that final battle they have to be like cannon fodder that you just have to mow through, through. So you yeah. can't humanize them too much because then yeah. like, you don't want to be on the side of the good when they're just it, killing all of these orcs. Yeah. yeah, it would fundamentally change the dynamics of the, like, the battles and everything. I mean, yeah. it would, it really would, it would be a very fundamental change from the book, right? Now, again, this is a change Tolkien himself was contemplating, right? And was trying to navigate around. It's Again, it's my theory looking at his orc so I, I i look at all of his orc theories and i ask myself like what's the pattern like you know what 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 does he seem to be groping for right he's not finding it yet he's, he doesn't resolve it but what are the issues right um and i think what he was trying to do was try like the the, the two trying to combine the two things right i want to first Main, stay true to the fundamental theological premise that he decided on that evil cannot create as uh, um, um, so many uh, people have ruined that quote in, yeah, in totally. YouTube comments. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but no, I mean, it was it was it was true that nothing is evil in the beginning. Right. Mm. And this theological premise, which is ultimately an Augustinian Catholic premise that evil cannot create, it can only corrupt. Um this was one the primary thing that was fueling this, but at the same time, so so he was looking into they have to be corrupted something. How was that process like? What are they corrupted from? Um, but I think what he was searching for was a way to prevent that corruption from leading to free will, from leading to uh, to this complexity. Like I, we want to still be able to feel there's a freedom 
mm-hmm. the battlefield of Middle Earth. You know, yeah. um, anytime you have humans fighting humans, mm-hmm. there's, there's always compassion for the other yes. side, no matter how evil they are. Yeah. Yes, yes. There's no, whereas there's a, there's an almost allegorical purity, right, mm-hmm. to fighting orcs, right? Yeah. They simply are and represent evil, and yeah. um, and you don't have to like they're the they're the enemy. You don't have to feel bad about it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No yeah. one no one should feel sad at the Battle of Pelennor Fields when no. Theoden yells death with so, like that that doesn't that, yeah. I don't want to feel that I'm personally like, no not the orcs <laughs> not the orcs yeah exactly the... right no I was invested in yes. that one like, you oh, want to no. be like yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly mm-hmm. not um, the guy with a skull spiked on his helmet <laughs> I like that what was yeah. Chad what was his name oh. yeah yeah he could have yeah. been a good guy yeah the, t- the two the stacked heads guy was yeah yeah that was weird um <laughs> I'm sure there's um, a fan fiction though that exists somewhere, right? Where oh, yeah. I mean, Shadow oh, yeah. of Mordor and Shadow of War video games kind of did this a little bit, where you play with. No, the and there's the like, uh, there's that Russian one, um, the Russian novel. I'm forgetting the title. Oh, the title. oh, um, the, um, the Last Ring Bearer. By, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I yeah. I read that on live stream uh, yeah. once. It was it's a mess. Aomer's a drunk and Aragorn's a yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, what's the Game of Thrones family? The the uh, Lannisters. Lannisters. Yeah, Aragorn yeah. is basically a Lannister. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. I should read this. Mm-hmm. I need to read this. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's. I mean, it's Do a fan job. fiction which is just trying yeah. to tell to tell the mm-hmm. other side of the story, basically, or to reconstruct a different side of the story. Um, but um, uh, anyway, yeah. So I. I, I this is what I'm most interested to see with the orcs and what I was immediately thinking of when looking at all these orc images was trying to see how are they positioning the orcs, right? Where on this spectrum from pure construct, no problem, kill them all on the one side to anti-heroes that have our sympathy, right? And compassion, um, you know, to, for, I, to use Emily using your example, full like Book of Boba Fett sand people on the other side, uh, right? You know, but yeah. where where in that spectrum are they going to drop the orcs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't think they're going to be on either end of that yeah. spectrum. Um, but where are they going to fall is to me a really, and I think if I had to guess from looking at these pictures, I'm guessing they're falling about three quarters of the way towards construct. Like they're not, um, there'll be some things right. That like we could see at least maybe some kind of potential, like maybe the orcs could become something that we could have pity for, or, you know, we could have compassion for, but I don't think they're going to themselves be objects of compassion. Um, so they'll be further than the book orcs are. Uh, towards the sand people, but I think they're going to be, I think it's going to be less than halfway towards the sand people would be my guess. But yeah. do you um, feel like I just think... oh, go ahead next? Oh, sorry. I was going to say if I was putting, was going to, I was going to put my cynical hat on. I feel like this whole sort of idea of like orcs with their tribal cultures and there'll be weird female orcs and all that stuff. I feel like there's also a bit of marketing to that, of mm-hmm. building up this like. It's just, you know, you want to get the buzz on Twitter and like Facebook right. and like YouTube the question, and stuff. The you want, yeah, you want, to, you want to get that going. So I don't think the idea of orcs with tribal cultures is going to be that strong on the show. It could be like the first season has a bit of that and then it sort of quickly moves on from it. So yeah. it, it does have a, also a faint whiff of like, this is clickbait. This is, 
the show will have all tribal cultures and it's like not really right well, yeah. marketing it, actually, and that's it the marketing what i was going to comment on where you know one thing i loved about these is just these images gave us it shows us the attention that they're giving to detail like these are not just the bog standard here's the 19 costumes replicate them a thousand times here's the orcs you know it's like no a lot of thought went into detail of these things so there's that element but the fact that they released this many at once before we know the rest of the major players i think that's a really interesting marketing ploy like six images of a baddie and we're going to make you ooh and ah over them before we actually tell you the rest of the main players within the actual story. Right. So it, it did feel a bit like a dramatic drop. Like, please go talk about these these ugly, evil things. We're not actually going to tell you more about the world. We're just going to give you this thing to think you're deep. The anti-stormtrooper effect, if you will. Each of the individual bad guys is, uh, you know, cool looking and yeah. not wearing the same, you know, yeah. black and white armor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I apologize. I do have to head out. No, in, it's in a, in we're, we're we coming to the end of our time. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna finish up here, uh, if only out of mercy to Maggie, for whom it's quite late now. And Annex, <laughs> and Annex as well. And yeah, it's approaching yeah. eleven. Yes. Yeah, we're approaching. Oh 11 yeah, we get eleven p.m. and I'm like four p.m. Thank you guys so yeah. much for coming. This is this. I feel like we just scratched the surface, though. I could tell. I'd do this for hours, but <laughs> see you all again. You guys busy tomorrow? We, I mean, I know, right? <laughs> slightly, slightly. Thank you for having us. This is a pleasure. Yeah, this will be fun. I hope I can join you guys on some uh, some TikTok live soon. It'd be yeah. fun to, to join in on that. I was, you know, Emily. I was just having that rush of gaining like 150 followers because Don yeah. mentioned me on yeah, his oh, live. Oh, whoa! So. That just happened to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, exactly. Don, I haven't had anything. Come on, come on, guys. Sorry, sorry. No, I, I have to actually you now, use TikTok to gain. Or I need to get my ass in gear. I mean, you said that, not me. But like, listen, if somebody, if if a right wing troll wants to call me out on YouTube, I'm going to completely subvert their negativity and be like, here's a bunch of other actual experts <laughs> that are actually like. Yeah, I saw the expert. Uh, it, I, I mean, yeah. just like, yeah. come on. Come on. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. always want to spread the love. It's fun. Awesome. Well, so thanks. I, I will. I hope we look forward to continuing to connect with you guys in various ways. And uh, we will continue. Um, maybe we'll have you guys back on to talk about some more stuff as there's more things coming, of course. Uh, the next the next teaser, apparently. Well, the and then teaser comes. the full trailer, I guess, after uh, Comic-Con, where I think they're going to premiere it, I guess, is what I hear. So anyway, um, lots to talk about. And that'll be a lot of fun. So thanks, everybody. Uh, and and uh, we will uh, we will see you guys. So I, sorry, I won't be broadcasting next week. I'll be away next week, but I'll be back the week after that for the pre Comic Con episode uh, there. So uh, thanks everybody. See you guys later. Bye now. Bye everybody. Bye. 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 Yeah. Bye.